This is Live Well Talk on medical acupuncture for cancer. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health St. Luke's Hospital. Cancer treatment can lead to many unwanted side effects for patients. One approach that some patients have used is to minimize those side effects during cancer treatment with medical acupuncture, which is available through the Helen G. Massive Community Cancer Center Integrative Wellness Program. Joining me today to talk more about this is Dr. Nancy Lorenzini, medical acupuncturist at Community Cancer Center. Welcome. Thank you. Glad so let, let's start off with what is, what is acupuncture? How does that compare to trigger point injections, dry needling? It just kind of set the stage for what is acupuncture. Specifically, acupuncture is you know, a technique of insertion and manipulation of fine needles that are put in specific points on the body to achieve a therapeutic response, hopefully. Um, and it's based on the idea that living beings um, have an inner energy, which is called chi. Uh, it's spelled Q-I, pronounced chi. And it's this flow of this energy that sustains people in a balanced situation, of which you may have heard things called yin and yang. So balanced chi is vital to optimal health. Illnesses and disease are caused by the interruption in this flow of chi. So in acupuncture itself, um, I treat the patient as a holist- from a holistic point of view. So I look at their lifestyle, their diet, their stress, their work, um, especially in a cancer patient, their energy, um, and particularly their anxiety. And I tailor my treatments, if it's not towards a specific um, complaint like peripheral neuropathy, I will tailor it to decreasing their stress, decreasing their anxiety, promoting a balance within them. This is different from trigger point injections, which are which I can treat with acupuncture, but like, for example, a are anesthesiologists who do pain and do trigger point injections. They're taking a specific like knot of inflammation or um, like especially along the trapezius, which we call gallbladder 21. And they try to, with injections, decrease the pain in that nodule. That's not my objective with uh, at the wellness center with acupuncture. And I also do not do dry needling, which is the insertion of needles into muscle planes to, again, decrease either a muscle spasm, and it's sort of a very vigorous um, manipulation. My manipulation is, uh, as I want to, I would say, gentler. That's the main difference. Okay. Well, I mean, we've learned the literature, as far as like drying and trigger points, it's kind of a control-alt-delete for whatever area you're injecting, you know, and that maybe Mm -hmm. it's the mechanical phenomenon there. But if if I get acupuncture, I think uh, people have an intrinsic fear of needles, which they should. Uh, I always like the patient that tells me they're afraid of needles and they're covered with tattoos and have all these piercings. You know that <laughs> that always, true. you know that yeah. that always uh, that's just a poster child for irony. But um, <laughs> the, but can can I bleed uh, from an acupuncture needle if, if during the treatment? Absolutely. The most common side effect of uh, acupuncture treatment would be mild bleeding. It's always at the removal of the needle. Um, it could have some bruising. It could have some mild soreness. Those are the most common, and I always tell patients that ahead of time, and especially if someone is on blood thinners, that does not exclude that that they can't have acupuncture. They can still have acupuncture, but I'm just going to let them know they may bruise more easily. Okay, and the the needles you use are obviously sterile, so there's no risk of uh, infection or HIV or yeah, they're stainless steel um, needles. They're not cutting needles like hypodermics, which draw blood. So they're very fine needle point, and some of them are even thinner than a strand of hair. Wow. 
and I can't get coronavirus from it. No, you okay, can't. Okay, good. So that's good to know. <laughs> They're all sterile one-time use. Okay. Um, and it doesn't go deep enough to cause a, a, uh, well, a pneumothorax or a puncture to lung. It can. I okay. mean, that's why you want to be treated by someone who's you know adequately trained in placing the needle so that they're aware of where they should and should not put them and the depth at which they, they put them. Because some of the needles can go a half an inch deep. Some I might insert a little bit further to achieve a, a sensation, which I look for, which is called chi, where the I feel the tissue actually grab the needle, then I know I'm in the correct plane. That's, that's fascinating. I know just myself being a, a diabetic and taking insulin that, you know, sometimes they put the insulin in and you feel nothing. And other days it's like you hit this passenger gland and it, and it really hurts, you know. And so I can imagine that the fine needle does trigger response from the patient. That's so easy for me to understand. It does. And occasionally, if, um, like if I, there's a one point which I use commonly for nausea, which is called pericardium 6, it lies just above the radial nerve. So I'll warn a patient that, you know, you may feel a little bit of a tingle into your hands. If you do, just let me know. It's not a negative sign. So you can irritate temporarily a, a nerve if you get sure. close to one. Okay. Well, that's fascinating. So how exactly do you use acupuncture for cancer patients? How does it help them? Okay. So there's uh, four or five treatments which I kind of support and have used through the use of clinical studies that like at Sloan Memorial Kettering, those kind of places. And there are four or five that um, I concentrate on. For instance, I'm involved in a clinical study right now for dry mouth or xerostomia, particularly with patients that have had um, radiation to their salivary glands. And in that study, we're using sham acupuncture as well as true acupuncture. And the patients are randomized. Um, I'm the only one that knows the patient doesn't know. And I provide them with uh, an acupuncture treatment, two treatments every week for eight, for four weeks. And then they're allowed to come back after two months to receive three more free treatments. And um, that study should be coming out. We're one of the top participants. It's from Wake Forest. So that's one thing I do. And we also can see patients who just don't have to be part of that study. They can come in just for dry mouth as well. Nausea vomiting is the other one that's very common. And that was one of the earlier treatments in acupuncture, in medical acupuncture. The studies were done in the 90s um, that showed improvement with patients who were pretreated prior to chemotherapy with acupuncture points for nausea and vomiting and showed to really decrease the incidence of that. Uh, the other is peripheral neuropathy, which is probably one of the more common, most common treatment that I provide at the wellness center. Chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy is is a is a life changer for people. They yeah, lose their balance. They can't button yeah. their shirts. They can't use the computer. Um, so we've got a nice protocol set up at the wellness center where patients can come in and get some treatments, and it's supplemented through the foundation, which is really helpful for patients that can't afford it. And it's actually worked out really well. It's really improved the quality of life for these patients and able for them to walk walk better. And it gives them a sense of empowerment that, you know, they've gone through all this and now they still have these side effects. And so it's I love to see those people get better. And they and they do. Yeah, that I mean, some of the chemotherapy can cause a permanent neuropathy. Yeah. Uh, not it, just it transient. Can. Yeah. It can. You mentioned the frequency. So if I if I if I 
if a patient had the need for acupuncture at a diagnosis required it, let's just say dry mouth, let's, let's say with the nausea and vomiting, how often would I be treated? I tell patients if they're going in for the chemotherapy treatments and they want me to see them prior to that, we'll arrange for that. So that's on an as-need basis. Okay. Uh, if someone has, we didn't touch on this yet, but a lot of what I treat for is, which I would like to treat more of, is insomnia and anxiety because it's actually beautiful for that sort of situation, especially in a cancer patient and a cancer survivor because the cancer survivor patient is still always in the back of their mind wondering if this, when and if this is going to return and how, again, it will change their life. And so I'll encourage those patients to come initially for one treatment a week for maybe three or four sessions because these sessions can build upon each other. One session usually can provide some profound um, relief, but I encourage them to come back for three or four just to kind of help them, help it build upon them and get them more comfortable with the acupuncture itself. Okay. It, we're talking about cancer patients, and, and certainly uh, we're very proud of uh, the Community Cancer Center and all the services they offer. But if somebody's listening and says, well, you know, I have chronic insomnia, can they, would acupuncture work on them too? Yes. In conjunction, I don't, um, when I see patients like that, because I also have another little clinic where I see private patients, I don't take them off any medications. I let them let that happen between them and their um, PCP because I think that if they can get a great night's sleep after one treatment, it might encourage them to return to their family doctor and say, hey, can we cut back on these benzos or can we get rid of you know, the gabapentin I've been on for my peripheral neuropathy? Can we cut back? So yeah, it works. You know, insomnia is one of those conditions or non-restorative sleep right. that the medication, I always tell patients, it's kind of like your car's making a noise and you're just turning the radio up louder. You're not, there's an underlying problem that you need to be addressing, not just throwing the medication at it. So that's, that's wonderful that uh, acupuncture could complement that. I know you're anesthesiology by training, uh, and I know you're a patient advocate, but what got you interested in acupuncture? Well, I've, I myself have had a lot of surgery. I had a quite debilitating accident, ski accident, when I was 42 and um, kind of changed my life because I had chronic pain. I understood what chronic pain was after having been through that. And I sort of looked at uh, my job as an anesthesiologist different because patients, I was afraid of surgery and um, I had quite a long, long surgery. And then I had all the rehab that I had to do and um, loss of work time. And I just started using complementary therapies, particularly massage therapy, for my recovery at about a year and a half after my accident because I was still having a lot of pain. And I was amazed at what massage therapy could do for me. I thought, this is awesome. And I thought, this is, you know, I don't believe in any of this stuff. And then down the road, I had shoulder surgery. And then I went and had acupuncture because my daughter had had acupuncture as a swimmer for her shoulder. She said, you should try it. So I tried it and I found it to be very relaxing and it helped. And then along the road, I just thought I was interested in these alternative forms of treatments, and acupuncture kind of kept creeping into the, the background. Uh, I'd be just like, maybe you should look into that. And so I did with a little more seriousness. And in 2012, I took a course, which is taught by a physician who, treat, who um, educates probably 90% of physicians in acupuncture. And it was a 
course over about a year. And in the process, um, a very, very close friend of mine developed uh, acute myelogenous leukemia. And so in her treatments and in her recovery, <clears throat> I began to use acupuncture to treat her nausea, her anxiety, and her dry mouth, because she had severe dry mouth from um, graft-versus-host disease and dry eyes. And I was just, I was amazed at the, what it did for her. And uh, that was how I got involved with, <clears throat> excuse me, cancer patients and uh, the wellness center. That's sort of what triggered me to become more involved with that. I'm always impressed <laughs> and take a lot of pride in learning. Each podcast, we learn more about the cancer center and some service they provide. It always comes back to say, wow, this is, this is an entire spectrum, continuum of care. Uh, and nothing is, no stone is unturned, nothing is left untreated. And that's, that's something we should be proud of, uh, which we are proud of. This, this, to me, as a Western-trained physician, this all makes sense because I see, whether it's chiropractic care, physical therapy, massage, just that act of touching. Mm -hmm. I, I, think, yes. I think the five senses, sight, yep. smells, yep. hearing, music, yes. pleasant vision, pleasant taste, uh, uh, essential oils, the aromatherapy. This all makes sense because it all ties together, and it all ties together in a positive way. And if you can smell something that smells bad and it makes you feel ill, then you can smell something that feel, smells good that makes you feel better. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's it's so straightforward that it's sometimes I'm um, reflecting on my career in medicine that uh, I wish I would have picked up on this sooner because I think it would have changed how I did things. I I couldn't agree more. I think um, I studied the acupuncture stuff um, quite a bit, and there's something called five element acupuncture, which is very very interesting, and it's based on wood, fire, earth, metal, and water uh, are the five elements and how we're all composed of each one of these elements. For instance, the earth person might be Mother Earth. She's very caring. She's always giving of herself, whereas the fire person is, you know, full of life and bigger and very, you know, just kind of crazy. Um, and we all have a little bit of these elements, but then as we go through life, Things change us. It could be the loss of a parent, a loss of a friend. It could be, you know, a suicide. It could be just something. And we tend to become more wood or more fire or more metal, for instance, would be someone who can't let go of grief. Interesting. And the water person is very fearful. So that's how I kind of try to look at patients. I, they do fill out this form and they always ask, why do you need to know this? I'm like, well, I just like to get the feel for maybe which one of these you tend towards. But in, then in the interview, I can kind of surmise where they fall. So Fascinating. Uh, I've, now, my maxim is there's two type of people in the world. There's patients and nurses. I think there are people yeah. that love to take care of other people, sometimes at the neglect of their self. And there's other people that like to be taken care of. And so that's how I see the world. Uh, um, but th that's fascinating, the five elements, because it's so true. Uh, the different personalities as you change as you get older. Mm -hmm. what, what is the uh, youth is wasted on the young or whatever the the saying is? You know that you there's so much you learn as you get older that you wish you knew. Oh right, then. right. I mean right. that is so true. Nancy, this is really great information. Thank you so much for taking time uh, to talk about this. Again, this was Dr. Nancy Lorenzini, medical acupuncturist at the Helen G. Nassif Community Cancer Center. For more information on medical acupuncture for cancer and other integrated wellness services provided by the Community Cancer Center, visit their website at communitycancercenter.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk on 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.